1: Great to be back with you, folks. Again, what an honor it is to come across your airwaves and to be with you. And and you know, we think it's a privilege, Kevin and I do. And Kevin's on with me now. Good morning, Kevin.
2: Good morning. It is a privilege. Yeah,
1: we think it's a privilege to be able to come across your airwaves and to be part of this. And just uh, you folks love on us, and we try to love on you. And and uh, so I, I I'm getting away a little bit from a funny missionary story to a funny vacation story so years ago in 1983 debbie and i uh got married so october 8th 1983 uh i was a recruiter and shortly after that probably within a few months of getting married i would think Marchish. Uh, I had a friend of mine, his name was Petty Officer Bill Desaume. And uh, Petty Officer Desaume was a Navy recruiter, Bill. was a great guy. Bill is tall, thin guy. So he tells me, he said, you know, uh, this is hard work we do. And he said, you know, we, gotta, we should go on vacation down to Tennessee. So I called Debbie and he had just bought a brand new Subaru. And, and uh, he said, I'll drive. Let's go down to uh, Tennessee. And I said, you know, we'll pay every other tank of gas. and So we took off after work on a Friday. We drove down to Tennessee. And uh, we got there in the middle of the night. And, you know, his folks knew we were coming. His father was the sheriff of, like, Greenville, Tennessee. And I might have the city wrong on the side of a mountain. He was the sheriff. You know, we rode around with him and did all kinds of fun things. But they put us in this old camper. Now, Kevin can immediately recognize this. Think about a 15-foot-long 1950s early 60s camper and oh, yeah. they and they hung curtains around this toilet seat outside you know so there was no bathroom <laughs> within the camper and now folks we were young married and, and newlyweds and things of that nature and uh, we got in camper one night and 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 you know <sighs> Folks, the campers took off rolling down the hill. We we may have sh- shook the camper a little bit, but they didn't have what? they d- they didn't have rocks under the
2: wheels or something in the camper. And it wasn't connected to the tow vehicle.
1: No, no, it was in the middle of the field, oh, brother. So the first is... thing we did was run over the toilet seat, brother. And we got over that pretty quickly. <laughs> We hit it from the side a little bit. We went at least 120-something feet down the side of this hill. And then finally, we wedged in this hole. So, of course, you know, we we were trying to get our act together, you know. And and uh, uh, thankfully, you know, nobody had heard it in the house. So, I went and grabbed what was left of the toilet and the curtains. And I moved them down in the shrub we were in and, And, uh, you know, I put rocks under the wheels and stuff, and I tried to go about life, brother, Uh, but that was a storyline for the city of Greenville, Tennessee, or the county, or wherever that guy was the sheriff. (laughs) People laughed about that, and all these honeymooners, you know, they rolled down this hill, they almost died, and brother, there's a feeling in your gut when you're free rolling down a hill (laughs) in a place you don't know anybody. And out of control. Yeah. And you wonder, am I going to die with no clothes on? You know, am I, is this, (laughs) how's this all going to go? But anyway, I wanted to share that with you. It wasn't, I just, it was one of the funniest things that happened to us in our marriage. Once in a while we'll bring it up. I, I, it was just the craziest thing ever. And then the next day I, uh, we had went out somewhere and I came back and, and, and his mom, and and another man who worked on the farm pulled the trailer back up on the hill. They put a stone wall around the wheels and they brought us this like portal party thing out there. And I I I just felt so bad. But, joy. Yeah, but I felt funny too. But anyway, that was a vacation funny story. Uh, take it with what you will. And you'll probably never look at Debbie and I the same way, but we were honeymooners. But anyway, so acceptance, brother. And we said, so this week we've dedicated every broadcast this week to Caleb Clingham and a young man um, who, who went to heaven uh, in our opinion my opinion uh, far too Far too early, a great young man. I really didn't know him, you know. I, I think I sat at a table with him once, having supper or something, and found him to be very godly. Looked me in the eye every time I said hi to him. He came to a couple conferences that I was leading, and every time I'd shake his hand, he gave me a firm handshake, looked me in the eye, and, and just dealt with life in a wonderful way. A godly young man, uh, uh, you know, somebody that uh, brought honor to his parents and, and to his siblings, and and uh, uh, the Lord called them home from a drowning. Uh, this past weekend in Guam. And uh, so we have no idea what his parents are going through. We just decided, we didn't talk to anybody and say, are you going through this? We, We just decided that we were gonna go through the steps of grief in honor of Caleb and everybody who's lost to Caleb, somebody great and wonderful in your life. We just made a decision that, and because of all that, and in honor of the great young man that Caleb was, and is up in heaven. Uh, that we wanted to talk about it you know we need to talk about grief we so i've been telling a lot of the story about losing my mom and sister and kevin's been talking about losing her sister and things of that nature and people we lost and uh and so the last one you know kevin we went through this and we initially started on our first broadcast talking about grief and denial we brought up the whole idea of these five steps of of grief and uh um, and, and so we've went through and we looked at the different steps and, and we talked about, you know, denial, we went to anger, we went to, uh, bargaining, uh, we went to depression and today we find ourselves when we get to that point. Cause I think all five steps we've looked at biblically are there and maybe there's even more. And, and I mentioned this, I want to mention it again, cause Kevin and I are very aware that we don't want anybody to think this is personally about anybody to the contrary. Mm -hmm. We want you all to know that depression is going to come. Grief is going to come. Loss is Mm going to happen. And when it does, we want to help biblically equip you. and, And we pray to God that it doesn't happen to us or you. And we're so thankful to have this opportunity that we serve a great God who shares these types of things with us. So when I look at acceptance, uh, i think it's emphasized throughout the new testament um i i saw it in so many places i see it in the old testament ecclesiastes uh you know nine five and nine six uh, in the new testament the bible teaches that death is not the end but rather the beginning i was thinking about that kevin you know death we pass from death unto life so death on this earth is life in heaven uh, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believeth on me, though he may die, he shall have life. And whoever, whosoever lives and believes on me shall never die. So, so the Bible reminds us right away um, that when we get to the point of acceptance, and, and especially in this case where we know Caleb was a saved young man who was washed in the blood of the Lamb, had accepted that jesus christ that is lord and savior had uh trusted in christ alone to take his sins and uh by faith through grace and we're so thankful for that and um um you know so christ has received him he received him first when he accepted the lord kevin he received him by the glory of god he's received him in person the bible says to be absent from the body is to be present from the lord um and uh, so over and over again, the Bible tells us that the Lord accepts those of us who go on, but also the Lord reminds us in places like Romans 15, wherefore we receive ye one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God, uh, uh, that the Father giveth shall come to me and he that cometh to me. I will in no wise cast out, put on, therefore, the elect of God. And we know that means those saved, those uh, in in doing what God has, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against thee, Kevin told us about that, even as Christ has forgave you, forgive them. And above all these things, it says, put on charity, which we know is love, is the bond of God perfectness so you say well brother doug what are you getting to with all this i'm just saying there's steps of grief Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and among those steps boy you're going to go through things uh you know you're going to be stuck in denial and you're going to be stuck in anger and you're going to be stuck in depression and there's going to be some bargaining going on i guess before depression then there's going to be depression but then you get to that place kevin and I think we've all had to get here before, haven't we? We get to that place where we say, God, this is what you have for us. Yeah. And I can't do this without you. I mean, brother, we got a couple minutes before we do what the radio stations need us to do. And I'll, I'll let you begin now, dear
0: friend.
2: Yeah. We have to cooperate with the inevitable, right? We have to come to the point where we realize this, like it or not, this is a new normal And um, thankfully God gives us space. God's heart is moved with our grief. And as we go through it, there's, there are still those times where in life, we feel the pinch that we are forced to go on faster than we need to. And we have to accept it. I'm thinking about how Joab went to David after he lost his son, Absalom. And, 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 and Joab is the guy that killed Absalom against David's wishes, but it was for national security. And so it was a uh, complicated situation. And so uh, David was in great grief. And it went several days into the point that Joab, of all people, eventually went to David and said, what are you doing this for? The way you're treating us, you know, would have been better for for you to die and, and the, you to lose your kingdom, you care more about yourself than anybody else. And so David did need a little bit of a reality check. And the reality is that we do have to get on with life. But, you know, I, I'm just grateful that God lets us go through these processes of acceptance. And uh, I've got some more to say about that if you want to take a break, brother. Yeah, because, let's uh, let, no, and yeah. we want to
1: hear you say it, dear brother. Love the direction you're going. And folks, we'll be right back with you. Now, those of you hearing this, I wanted to explain to you, as I had mentioned yesterday, that when the radio stations go to commercial during this time, this is actually cut out. That's why we'll give about 15 seconds during this time. and The radio stations actually cut this up, and then they wing the music back in and continue to go on. So thanks for hanging with us during this time. Well, thank you, Brother Kevin. We want to let you go ahead and continue.
2: Yeah, so... You know, sometimes life makes us uh, go into acceptance into this new normal before we're ready for the new normal, and um, and it's okay if it's reality based. But sometimes, you know, know, sometimes we're uh, sometimes it gets so complicated, and you have someone that really doesn't care. You know, like the federal government's shoving a new normal yeah. down her throat and saying, we're going to, we're going to make out at your expense and nah, 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 like it or not. So that's, that's totally different. If a narcissist is messing with you, trying to make you feel guilty because you are not ready for acceptance yet, you need to, that needs to be a red flag to you. Okay, But having having said that, it's perfectly normal to go through, again, all these stages, denial, anger. I was thinking, Doug, about anger a little bit and then acceptance. You, um, in your funny story of being in a little camper that started rolling, um, there was a family I talked to, and I talked to them a couple times about it, and they told the story, a remarkable, miraculous story, a a, uh, they were living in a converted school bus. And for some reason it started to roll backwards. Someone forgot to set the brake; It was in neutral and, um, and it started to roll backward down a hill, oh, man. a pretty steep hill and the little kid, like the three-year-old or five-year-old was playing behind it and he was maybe 20 feet downhill oh. the way, the way I was told. And so the parents are screaming, the adult, the older kids got out of the way and it was coming toward this little kid, but the little kid was unaware of what screaming meant. They're used to mom screaming, I guess. But anyway, as it was rolling down the Hill, they, their story was, you know, I think dad fell on his knees and said, Oh God, don't let my boy die. And they said that child was lifted by an unseen hand and, and, and like catapulted out of the way. And different members of that family told me the same story. They watched this child wow. being lift, lifted by an angel or something and thrown out of the way and, and, uh, was unharmed. And as I thought about that, I thought, okay, that's, that's unusual. And that's wonderful. For them, right? But if I lost my child, I would have some re- resentment. I would go through a natural period, right, of I would be anger, angry and saying, why them and why not me? Yeah. And then I, you know, you start to bargain and say, well, you know, maybe it was okay for them because, you know, they're, they're, they're not as strong as we are or whatever. And then the depression of, Oh my, I I'm chosen. I'm chosen for this horrible situation. I guess I'm going to be resigned to a new fate of new, of, of a sad normal. But then what we're talking about today is acceptance brother is where, we, we say, you know what? I can't live this way. I can't live in resentment. I can't live in depression. Yeah, I, this is a new normal, but you know what? It cannot be that it's a sad normal. I've got to move forward. There's a good God. And, um, and so acceptance is when you embrace the reality and finality of what has happened and you say, you know what? I am going to cooperate with the inevitable. Like this is God's choice for me. And though he slay me yet, will I trust him. And, you know, I've been through some stuff, brother, and you know it, and uh, you've been through some stuff, but when you finally, you know, start, stop, you know, stop the questioning and say, Lord, I want this to pass from me, but guess what? It's not going to. So let, your will be done. And there's a wonderful book that, that my family read years ago. I would recommend it for anyone in grief. It's called Not My Will, and it's by Francina H. Arnold. Not My Will. It's a classic. It's written back in the 50s, I think. And fantastic book about um, just going through grief Going through um, sorrow, you know, going through uh, surrender. It's really about surrender. How much will surrender cost? But the process that this dear, dear, dear Christian lady goes through is so like what all of us go through. It's it. It helps with acceptance. And I, uh, you know, I want. I just want to say that God knows what we can't change, and. Once we start to sort through all these denial, anger, bargaining, depression and come to the point where like, you know what, through my sorting process, I've come up with the changeables and I've come up with the unchangeables. And the unchangeables are that they're gone and I cannot make this happen. If I, if something should, if something was someone's fault, I can't change the fact that they did this. And uh, I can't change the fact that it's never going to be the same again. But you know what? There's a God in heaven who's for me. Like you said, there's an expected end and I'm going to land on my feet and I'm going to be happy because of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and that's a very hard place to get to. And I, I, I'm so thankful that we're explaining out that, you know, get into that place where, we're accepting our reality. As Kevin explained, there's more to it than accepting the reality. We can accept the reality and be stuck in depression for the rest of our life. Yeah, I was stuck there for a few months when my mom died. And so acceptance in this particular case is more than that. And I'm glad. And there are those people, if we're not careful, we're going to say, well, you know, Kevin's mom went through this surgery that saved her life. And my mom had the same thing and had bad doctors and it didn't save her life. And, and, you know, if we're not careful, we can be caught in this cycle uh, for what seems like forever. And uh, so I think it's really important that as we go through these things that as we you know navigate these terrible things that happen in our life um that we do it in such a manner that we every step god is has to be in front of us he's not next to us he's not behind us he needs to be leading us through his scripture and his word and we believe his word And in every single step along the way, as Kevin was just saying, it would be easy for us to say, well, why didn't God pull my kid out of the way? Why didn't God take my mom and do these things? We can ask, we can be stuck on why for an entire lifetime. And I like how Kevin Appley said, you know, acceptance is good, bad, ugly, indifferent. This is the life that God has for us. And we got to do everything. Everything uh, to live that life, trusting him, uh, knowing that his ways are best, even when it doesn't make sense. And knowing we also got to know some of the things we talked about is my mom, Caleb, people who are saved and go to heaven, they don't want to come back. You know, my mom's healthier than she's ever been, that arthritis, that, you know, that fibromyalgia, those terrible things she went through in her life, the terrible pain, the, the memory loss because of strokes, uh, the ability not to communicate, the aphasia at the end of her life, the one infection after another, having to live in, in, a, live in a nursing home. Mom has never been more alive, never been more healthy. Uh, and in the back of my mind, somehow part of my acceptance is knowing that part of my acceptance is seeing the other end that knowing, uh, Caleb and my mom and, uh, and Kevin's sister and my sister and people who've accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and savior would say, I don't want to leave here. It's good here. Uh, I'm with Mm, my Lord. I I, I can't leave. I I can't, Mm. I can't go back. And, and they're seeing loved ones, you know, cousins they never knew. And um, I have a brother. My mom got to uh, meet my brother, a grown-up version. He died as just a baby, a couple days old. And, and, and mom's with my brother. And, and, and I'm sure that you people have lost some loved ones who are with their other loved ones who've accepted the Lord. And, and, and these you'll see these young, virile people all, I believe the Bible is true and real. And when it says we'll be Christ-like, I believe we're all going to be around the same age in heaven. Some believe you'll grow up to that age, but you'll stop there to be Christ-like. But I believe we're all going to be like Christ, you know, 33 years old and, and sharp and good looking. And there'll be no sin, Kevin. There's no sin there. And there's no rumors, and there's no backbiting, and there's no argument about your philosophical Christian beliefs. You got it right when you get there. And there's no argument about whether your husband or wife was wrong or whether the guy down the road's a knucklehead or whether the church. It's gone. You know, the event of the day is bring honor and glory to our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Let's, Amen. There's more worshiping going on today. Let's get on it. Yeah. Brother, I like to believe that every day is filled with 2-inch thick medium rare prime rib. And uh, praise God. I I Glory. think. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you don't have to be gluten free there, brother. I, I'm not going to be allergic to <laughs> shrimp anymore, though. I don't believe crustacean will be in heaven. I don't have to worry about them using fish sauce. If I'm going to eat something there, we're not exactly sure how that's all going to work out, but I want to make a book recommendation. I know this, this, these things end too quick, but I want to end this and I want to make a book recommendation. So there's a fellow named Elkhorn. I believe his name's Randy Elkhorn and a, uh, L C O R N I believe Randy Elkhorn wrote a book entitled heaven that book. And I, I mean, it's not exactly uh, from a camp that would be camping out in or anything like that, but nobody has done a better job explaining what the Bible says than that book heaven. I read it in a seminary and uh, boy, God has used that to change my life over and over and over Amen. again. So I know we said we're doing this in honor of Caleb Klingaman, and we are exactly did that, but we weren't using the Klingaman family. Uh, Kevin and I haven't got them on the phone. We have no idea what they're going through. We just want to remind you that people go through junk. And we want to ask you, as we close today, get on your knees and beg God on behalf of the Klingaman family and anyone else that you know is going through this. And there's a GoFundMe page out there now, uh, supporting for the Klingaman family, C-L-I-N-G-A-M-A-N family. Join me in throwing a donation out there and helping them along. May God bless you folks. Have a great day.
0: is made known unto salvation simply ask the lord to save you in jesus name while believing in your heart and he will please contact us if we can help you in any way god bless you we hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life for helpful resources more information or to donate to help this vital ministry visit us at wounded spirits dot com.